following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Welcome to church on a Wednesday. Hey, I hope you're doing good. I hope your week um, is off to a great start. And if it's not, I got good news for you. Tonight is the night to change that pace. Come on, you can get your week going in the direction that you want. I hope you enjoyed worship tonight. What an amazing worship set. Aren't you grateful for our worship team that leads us in worship every single week? We are blessed with the best. That is no question. Hey, I'm excited about diving into God's word with you tonight. But before I do, let me just take a moment and and tell you how much I love each and every one of you. What an honor it is to stand behind this pulpit and bring God's word to such an incredible group of people. And I can't wait to see your face, whether it has a mask on or not, I can't wait to see your face in just a few short days. Uh, I miss getting together in the house of the Lord, and it's going to be an amazing, amazing Sunday. If you have your Bibles, we're going to dive right in tonight. We are in uh, week two of our series that we are calling Fresh Faith. Fresh Faith. Come on, in a season where life has kind of gotten stale, where you're just going through the motions where you're quarantined. Come on, we, we want to put some, some fresh faith in your life, in your heart, in your minds. Last week we talked about amazing faith. Will God be amazed at your amazing lack of faith or, or will he be amazed at your great faith? And tonight we're going to talk, uh, I really couldn't think of a better title, so we're just going to call it this. Generational faith is going to be the title of where we're going tonight. And if you have your Bibles, this is how David, David would say it like this. He would say, how joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Their children, this is, this is powerful, their children will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be blessed. I don't know about you, but that sounds good. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. And I don't, I don't know if you've taken much time to think about this, but over, over the last several months, I've just been thinking about this whole idea of, of future and, and next and, and what we have to gain as Christians. And do you realize, don't you, that, that when our time comes to an end here on earth, that that we can't take everything that we've gained here with us, right? Like all the things that you have accumulated over your lifetime, they don't, they don't really last forever. In fact, very, very little will last forever. And, and I want to ask you a question tonight. What, what would happen if we chose to live our life in such a way that we left a legacy? What if we left a legacy of our values and of our our faith. What, what if that was what we left behind? Because truthfully, all the stuff that you can acquire with great wealth, that stuff's not going to, it's not going to last forever. But if you can instill some values and some amazing faith, if you can leave that behind, what a legacy that you and I can leave when our time here on earth is over. Now, let's jump back into the word of God. It continues to say this, that they are, they're generous, compassionate, and righteous, and here's some great news, 
Those who are righteous will be long remembered. I want to jump back to verse number two. It's not going to be on the screen. You're just, you're going to have to remember it. It says this, that their children will be successful everywhere. And as a parent of, of three kids, and, and, and no matter how many kids you have, as a parent, right, that is a tremendous goal and vision to have for your family, that your children will be successful everywhere. But, but, but just as a parent, not, not even just as a parent, actually, as an entire church, I, I love this because I believe that we should have a vision for our children, not just not just our children and your children, but, but our children, right, collectively to be successful everywhere. And for that to be true, I think it's important that we take a moment and define what success looks like as a Christian, as, as followers of Jesus Christ what is success and what, what is not success, right? If you look at, if you define success by how culture would define success today, I think that, that you would agree that, that success in our modern day culture is somewhere close to, to a statement like this. Culture says success is raising well-rounded, well-educated, happy kids. Wouldn't you agree that that's a pretty general statement, that that's what, that's what society would say today that success would be, especially when it comes to raising your kids? It's, it's pretty accurate. Well-rounded, well-educated, happy children. And, and, and well-educated, admittedly, is a, is a great goal. But hear me, if, if your child, if my child scores a, a 35 on his or her ACT, and they have no integrity, they don't have any morals, they have no character, then we've missed what really matters most, haven't we? I mean, I mean, well-educated is great, but if they miss some major character components along the way, well, what have we really done here? Happy kids? Yeah, I mean, sure, that sounds, that sounds like a great idea, uh, but I feel like in this day and age, we, we bow down and worship at the feet of trying to have happy kids. We, we want our kids to be happy, and so we allow our children to, to really rule what we do as a family. And the problem is, is that God didn't call us, listen, and this is not a fun statement, I understand, and I'm trying to digest it myself, but God didn't call us to be happy. He called us to be holy. Happiness can never be the goal, but you know what happiness is? It's the byproduct of living a life sold out to the cause of Jesus Christ. That's what real happiness and contentment really is. And so if we're not going to be so concerned uh, about today's happiness, but instead, here's what we're going to do. This, this is what I want you to wrap your head around tonight. Here's what you and I, as parents, trying to, to lead the next generation and, and put some things in them. Here's, here's what you and I have to grab a hold of, that instead, we choose to instill in them a fresh faith a lasting faith, a faith that when they're faced with adversity will stand the test of time. We're gonna impart life into the next generation so that they can glorify God in everything that they do. What a legacy that would be 
to leave to the next generation. So success for us, right, is, is not consistent with what culture would say that success would be. So how are we gonna define success? What are we gonna, what are we gonna call success as it pertains to raising kids or, or to the next generation? And I, I believe that as a follower of Jesus Christ, this is pretty simple. That here, here's our mission, are you ready, as, as parents and adults in society, is that we are called to unleash Christ-centered, faith-filled world changers. Now, doesn't that sound amazing? If at the end of the day, when you look back over your life, raising your kids, raising your family, that you says, you know what, I, I was able to unleash Christ-centered, faith-filled world changers, I think that I would look back and say, man, we did a pretty good job, sweetheart, <laughs> raising our kids, Christ-centered, faith-filled, world changers. And what we're going to do, we're going to prepare them along the way so that they can glorify God in all that they do. So we will train them in the way that they should go so when they are old, they will not depart from it. That's what you and I are going to choose to do as moms and dads raising unbelievable children in this day and age, let, let me sum it up like this. In other words, what we're trying to do is this, is that Jesus is not just Lord in name only. He's not just, just a, a name that they speak when they're in trouble, but he has become the most important thing in their life. What an amazing place to be if one day your child looks at you and says, Mom and Dad, I'm so grateful for what you've instilled in me, that Jesus Christ and having a relationship with him has become the most important thing in my life. Wow, what an amazing type of generational faith that we're instilling in our children in a world that says, if you can't see it, then, then surely you can't trust it. If you can't use your mind to, to logically figure it out, right, then, then I'm not sure that this faith thing that's serving Jesus is actually uh, the way that I need to go. But instead, you and I are called to instill in the next generation a faith that says, I can do everything and be everything that God is calling me to be and to do. And if he's called me to do it, he will give me the ability to walk it out as I continue to grow and mature in him. In a world, listen, in a world that is full of hate, in a world that is full of hate, that they would understand that, that hate is not an option, but instead loving like Jesus loved in, the, in spite of where you came from or what you look like. What a generational faith that would be to instill in our children. Why? Because Jesus loves you and he loves me and it doesn't matter where I come from. It's what Jesus would do. Generational faith this amazing faith, Christ-centered, faith-filled, world changers. Some of you are, are listening to me and say, man, that sounds really great, uh, but, but man, I, I'm just trying to pay the bills and, and keep shoes on my kids' feet. And I understand, I know 
that this seems like a big task, and we're going to kind of break it down over the, the remainder of our time together tonight. But, but I, I've learned over the last 13 years of marriage that it's interesting that when you don't have children, life is so much different then when you do have children, can come on, any parents in the room, can you attest to this? It doesn't matter where you are on this parental journey. I think this is a statement that without question you would, you would validate. See, when you think you're ready to have kids, you're not. You know you're ready to have kids when you say, baby, we ain't ready to have kids. That, that's probably the moment when you're ready to have kids. But, but take, for example, this. When you don't have kids... Think about this for a second. And you want to go out. You want to go somewhere. What do you do? You go out, right? You jump in the car. You go wherever you want, whenever you want, with the love of your life, your spouse. This is a great thing, right? But, but life looks a little bit differently with kids because when you do have kids, you never just go somewhere. Like that, that is not in your vocabulary when you have children. If we wanna go somewhere on Thursday, we gotta start leaving on Monday afternoon. We start walking out the house and I'm like, hey, you got your water. Hey, you got your shoes on. Forget your shoes. I don't even care about shoes. Hey, you got your pants on. Where are my, okay, I've got my pants on. And where do we have snacks? Do we have everything that we need. Listen, if we're going to go out, like I got to have three days in advance to get everything prepared just to go to dinner at a restaurant. Y'all, we ain't even got to the restaurant yet. When you have kids and you don't, it, life looks a little bit different. But what I want to do tonight is make this so simple that every single one of us, whether you're a parent or you're not a parent, whether you're 19 or you're 99, that you're, you're so inspired to use your gifts and your talents to instill in the next generation this fresh faith, this generational faith, this lasting type of faith. And I think, I think that that is a great calling, but, but if we're going to do that, there's a few things that we have to understand. And in order to do that, I think it's, it's vitally important, this is so key, that we manage what we expose them to. Think about this. What we expose them to will determine what and who they become. Wow, what a powerful statement. And we know this. Listen, if you love basketball and, and you expose them to basketball, chances are they're going to love basketball more than they're going to love science. This is just the way that, that life works. What we expose them to determines who they become. Proverbs says it this way, powerful passage of Scripture you walk with the wise, you expose them to wise people, and what do they become? They become wise, but help them run around with a bunch of fools, and what happens? They suffer, they suffer harm. This is, this is what the Word of God shares with us. What we expose them to determines what they become. And here's what I want. I, I just want to take a moment and acknowledge this evening that 
that our kids, that the next generation, they're gonna naturally be exposed to a lot of, a lot of bad things. Just, just living in the world, you're going to be exposed to a lot of negative stuff over life. You're gonna be exposed to bad attitudes. You're gonna be exposed to an over-sexualized society, to materialism, to prejudice, to bullying, to all kinds of hatred that's going on in the world. And so as parents, hear me, you and I can't just say, we're just gonna love Jesus. That's great and you need to love Jesus, but it can't just be the only statement that you make. We cannot force them to love Jesus. You, it just doesn't work that way, but here's what we can do. We can expose them to experiences that increase the likelihood that they will fall in love with Jesus for themselves. And that, ladies and gentlemen, it is such an incredible goal for every parent, every person trying to lead the next generation, trying to set an example for them that we can't force them, but we can expose them to an amazing faith, an amazing life that it is to serve Jesus Christ. And that's our goal. So if we're gonna inspire the next generation to have this amazing faith, this generational lasting faith. Here's the first thing I want you to understand. And this is so powerful because it has very little to do with the next generation. But we have to expose the next generation to a genuine relationship with the Lord. A personal, intimate walk with Jesus Christ. And if you'll allow me to talk to you for just a moment right where you are, I, the problem is, is that as Christians and in Christian homes so often, rather than exposing them to a relationship with God, we impose and expose them to rules and more rules and more rules. And I gotta tell you tonight, listen closely. I've dealt with the next generation. Uh, I pastored them for about 12 years and I've learned this important principle that rules without relationships oftentimes equals rebellion. You can't just give rules without having a deep, intimate relationship. And I believe that students and young adults are not so much rejecting Jesus Christ as they are rejecting the legalism and hypocrisy that sometimes comes with it. Can I get an amen? Are you okay? Are you with me tonight? If we want the next generation to have this same amazing, lasting faith, hear me, hear me, adults. It is on you and I to expose them to the joy of having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Come on, mom and dad, you can't just want it for your kids. You gotta have it for yourself. They're gonna see you in love with Jesus and a byproduct of, of that is they're gonna say, man, I want that same thing that my mom and my dad had, that my grandparents had. I want, I, they know the joy of knowing Jesus and it looks so amazing that, that I just gotta have the same thing. It's on you and it's on me. What if? What if this week, when something good happened in the world of your family, what, what, what if you happened to choose to give God the credit in front of your kids? 
Well, I'm giving you some practical ways that you can instill in them this faith where they can have the same amazing faith that when something good, you just stop and you just praise the Lord right in front of you. God, thank you for your blessings. This is not on me. It's not about my talent and my abilities. This is because you blessed me beyond, you blessed our family beyond what we deserve. What would ha- See, that just starts putting things in your kid's head like, my goodness, God has been good to us. And it doesn't have to be these huge, grandiose, no, 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 just the smallest of things. Lord, thank you for my children. Thank you for my spouse. Thank you for my job. Thank you for the roof over my head. Lord, it is a blessing from you, and I want you to know I'm grateful. Imagine what that does to the faith of our children We want our kids to learn how to pray, but but I don't even really know how to pray pray myself. Like uh, the King James, we don't need King James versions of prayer. You don't even need a specific set prayer. We're gonna pray as a family every day at two, four, six, and eight. You you don't need that. What, What if you did this? What if you just prayed for everything? right? Not just pray for meals, but what, what if when they fall off their bike, you pray for them? I wonder what it would start looking like if they start understanding the importance of prayer, that when their feelings are hurt at school, that you pray for them, that when there's a big game coming up, that you pray for them, that when one of the siblings are fighting with an, an, one another, that, that you bring prayer into the picture. When there's a thunderstorm, like these last several weeks, what if you bring prayer into the, into the picture when there's fear? I'm talking about pray over everything. You want to instill it in your children. You got to show them it's on you and it's on me, mom and dad. If you want your kids to have this same amazing faith, this long-lasting generational faith that you have, we have got to expose them to an intimate, genuine relationship with God. It is so important. The second thing that I believe is vital in the lives of the next generation, if they are going to have this amazing faith that we've been talking about, if they're gonna have fresh faith that is new and real, that's not stale and boring and old, it's this. And this is going to sound a little strange, but stay with me. Is that we're going to have to expose them to the presence and the power of God in his church. Now, you got to stay with me because I'm going to get right up in your face and I'm getting right up in my own face, okay? So don't be throwing tomatoes at your TV screen or your iPhone. You'll regret it later, I promise you. You know a question that, that... never one time has been asked in my house, and I do not say this to pat us on the back, and and you'll understand why in just a moment. This question has never been asked. Hey, do you think that we should go to church this weekend? It's never, it's never, that question has never come up in our home, and it, it's not because it's a rule. It's not because we just have these regulations. That, that's, that's not the reason. Can I tell you the reason that that question has never been asked? It's because our life revolves around this. Because it's a priority, not just a priority for me, not just a priority for, it's a priority for our family. We have made coming to the house of the Lord and having a deep, intimate relationship with him a priority in our life. Is it always easy? No. 
It's not always easy, but it's the right thing to do. And I promise you, it is something that you will never regret. You'll look back. You may regret a lot of things about parenting, but that is one thing that if you do it, you will never regret about raising your kids. Let me ask you this. Do you have any non-negotiables in your life? And you're, I don't even know. Yeah, yeah, you you do have some non-negotiables. Like school, your kid wakes up and like, Daddy, I don't want to go. Put your clothes on. (laughs) You're going to school. Nice try. Daddy, my tummy hurts. Yeah, you tried that one last week too. No, no, no. That's a non-negotiable, right? Work is pretty much a a non-negotiable in our worlds. Yet for so many parents, and once again, this is coming from a place of love. Please understand me. I am, I am parenting three young kids as well, and I'm, I'm walking through this every single day, okay? So I know where you are, but I'm trying, I'm trying to help you tonight. But when the question comes up, do we want to go to church this weekend, it seems like sometimes this has been the one negotiable item in our life. We have so many non-negotiable, no, you're going to practice, you're going here, you're going there. But when it comes to church on the weekend, right? It's become one of the, the major negotiables. Well, maybe, maybe if we, if, we can, if we can work it in. And listen, this is not a guilt trip. I'm trying, listen, I'm trying to say it as, as genuinely and as heartfelt as possible. I'm trying to get you to see it from a, a fresh perspective. I don't want you to feel guilty, but if you only trump church for other things. Well, it's a beautiful day outside. We're kind of we're kind of tired. We're just going to stay home and rest. Listen, if you only trump church for other things and you never trump other things for church or the worship of Jesus Christ, you are setting a priority in your family. You're setting a priority and an example for your children. And if we're going to raise kids, if we're going to raise the next generation, and have families with amazing, fresh faith, inspiring faith, generational faith, and we have to expose them to the presence and the power of God in his church. And guess what? We're coming back. Church has never been canceled, but as I stand before you on this Wednesday night, this is the last service where we are forced to be in our homes for church, but on Sunday, we will open our doors for the first time in several months. And listen, I don't know where you stand on feeling comfortable or not, but there's going to come a point when you do feel comfortable, when, when all of this is, is quieted down and, and there's been a resolution to all of this. I, I know, listen, I know church is going to look different for the foreseeable future, but when our, I think it's the reason that I'm so excited about our doors opening. Uh, yeah, for me, but for my kids, because my kids need the house of the Lord. They need to see what it looks like when hundreds of believers worship their hands and say, I love you. There is nobody else like you. I'm excited for me, but I'm more excited for my kids, and they're going to get to sit next to me for the first several weeks at least, and they're going to see daddy worship. They're going to see mommy worship Jesus, and I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, that that's going to do so much for the faith of your children 
to see you worship in the house of the Lord with God's people. You will not regret it. And here's the beauty of it. Here's the beauty of all of this that I've preached to you tonight as we, as we wrap this up. Is that when, when we choose to do those things, right? When, when, we, chose, when we choose to live it, when we choose to, to worship and, and expose them to the power and the presence of God in his house, here's what our kids are going to experience. They're going to experience the thrill of being used by God. And I don't know about you, but there's not a greater feeling in the world than knowing that God is working through me to reach lost people when I'm able to serve somebody. See, they may be exposed to the thrill of making an A on an exam. They may be exposed to their first prom. They may be exposed to, to playing first chair in the band. They, but there's no greater thrill than when God uses you to serve other people, to reach other people. And that's the beauty of it, is that once we do that, they're gonna understand that they can make a difference in a world, in a dark, in a, in a, in a world full of hate. Look, they can make a difference. They don't have to just be bystanders, but they can stand up and say, I can do, and I will do everything that God is calling me to do and to be. I can be a world changer. It's not just something I say, but I can, I can walk it out in my life and they'll start understanding it at three, four, five. And then by the time they get older, they're maturing in their faith. It's gonna blow your mind the things that your kids accomplish for the kingdom of God. And so instead of settling for well-rounded, well-educated, and happy. Listen, I love that. I'm, I'm, I love, and I hope my kids are. I hope I want my kids to be happy. I want them to be educated. I want them to be well-rounded. But, but more than that, I want them to understand that knowing Jesus is the greatest thing that they can ever accomplish. And I don't care what everything looks like. If they have a genuine heartfelt relationship with Jesus, then I've done my job as a father. Passionate about changing the world, about reaching a lost and a dying world. If, if I can do that at the end of the day, I'll be one happy father. And it's gonna take all of us. Let me just say that. It's gonna take all of us as the church because as a church, we care for, for all of our kids and they will be successful. Hear me, listen. They are not the church of tomorrow. They are the church of today. And if we start seeing our kids as the church of today, then we're gonna start living in such a way that will inspire them, that we can instill this generational type fresh faith into their lives. And I'm telling you, listen, it's time as adults, even, I don't know where you are on the parent, you may not be a parent, but if you will take your role seriously, listen, we have the opportunity to impart faith and impart life into the next generation. What a massive idea this is. What a beautiful gift we've been given. 
I think it's why I'm so grateful tonight for those that have gone before me, the generations that I have the privilege to stand on the shoulders of today, the likes of a, a Marvin and an Alpha Hertel who show up to church, who raise their family in church, amazing man and woman of God. I love you wherever you're watching today. Couples like Harold and Joyce Deal, and Harold's no longer with us, but I remember as a kid that he would slip me a red hot just about every Sunday, and it's men and women like this. Joyce still continues to encourage me in the faith every single time that I see her on Sunday, and she is just as enthusiastic about her relationship today as I remember it 30 years ago, and I'm grateful today for people that chose when they didn't even know it, they said, I'm gonna serve God. I'm gonna have a relationship with him. And it's impacted my life 37 years down the road. And it's gonna take you, sir. And it's gonna take you, man. You are making a difference every time you walk in and you throw your hands up. Every time you come to church, there are, there's little faces that are looking at you and you are setting an example for them of what it looks like to have a genuine, heartfelt relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm done. I wanna pray for you tonight. Because as parents, as adults in a church, we have a massive responsibility, but a massive blessing that is before us. You have great faith. You have amazing faith, but we can't just keep it to ourselves. We've got to instill it in the generation that's coming up, the church of today. And I implore you, take your role seriously. When you show up to church, you worship him with everything that you have, not just for you, but because there's other people that you don't even know that their faith is becoming stronger as you worship. You're showing them what it looks like to have a genuine heartfelt relationship with Jesus Christ would you bow your heads with me today Lord I love you God I'm so grateful tonight I'm so grateful for the next generation for the kids Christian life students Christian life young adults and the kids ministry Lord I pray right now that as moms and dads and saints of this church, that we would understand our role, that we are going to expose, we can't force them, but we're gonna put them in environments to show them how amazing it really is to know you. And I pray that you would give each one of us the courage and the faith to act it out, Lord. And I pray for the next generation, the church of today. I pray a special blessing on them that their faith would never waver, that they would, they would have a fresh faith, that a relationship with you would be at the forefront of their mind. Bless them and keep them. For it's in Jesus' name I pray and everybody said a good amen we love you thank you for being in church tonight god bless you we'll see you in the house or online on sunday